listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. Today's Rootbound sponsor is Dirt. Under every great plant, there's dirt. Dirt! Let's get dirty. Thank you for downloading Rootbound. My name is Steve, and I might sound a little bit different today because I'm currently hiking through the Shenandoah National Park. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about a really cool app called Seek, S-E-E-K. Have you heard about Seek? It's super cool. Now, this isn't a sponsored segment. Rootbound is sponsored by Dirt and the Sun, among other things. It's not sponsored by Seek, but it's too cool not to mention. Seek is an app that uses a visual machine learning model to identify plants with your smartphone's camera. It's like totally straight out of Star Trek. You just point your camera at a plant and like eight or nine times out of 10, it tells you what that plant is. Excuse me a little bit of breath, I've been hiking a lot. So I'm gonna open up the Seek app now and uh, we'll try it out and see how it works. So I'm opening up Seek on my phone and I'm just going to aim it, aim the camera at a plant and immediately it tells me it's coral berry. If I take a picture, it will say I've observed a new species and it saves it to my observations. So it's a little bit like Pokemon, like you got to catch them all, but like catch all the plants. Um, it actually also works on insects and animals, actually any living creature. You can point it at your friend and it'll tell you it's a human. It's pretty crazy technology in the palm of your hand. Great way to learn about plants. I've been using it constantly for over a year now and it's really helped me learn more about plants. So really recommend checking it out. The other thing it does is really cool. If it can't get the plant exactly, it tells you starting with kingdom, so it'll tell you if it's a plant or an animal, and then it works its way up through that classification system. You know, I forget what all those are, but you know, phylum, genus, blah, 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 to species. So even if it can't get the exact species, it can tell you what it's close to, and normally it gets up to genus, which is pretty good. So let me try pointing it at one more plant, and let's uh, see what it is. Here's a fern here. What is this fern? Okay, it says now it's in the uh, order Polypodialis, which I don't know that is, but now I get a little bit closer. Sometimes you have to kind of scan the plant a bit. It really feels like you're using a tricorder in Star Trek. And it got it. It's a hay-scented fern, which I actually have already observed back on May 30th, which that's another cool thing. It tells you when you observe plants and also records the location so you can remember where you saw them. I went to New Zealand uh, last uh, December. And so I have all these cool plants that I, that I found and learned about in New Zealand in the app and it links to the Wikipedia. It's cool. Download it. It's on Android. It's on iPhone. It's free. Uh, it's sponsored by like a bunch of nonprofits and stuff. Also Netflix, I guess. Um, but anyway, it's totally cool. Get it. So with that, we're going to move on to our guest segment. And, and for those of you who haven't listened to Rootbound before, uh, the way Rootbound works is, you know, after I give my little introduction here and we talk about something like Seek app or whatever, then I invite a guest who comes on and tells me about a plant that means something to them. And then I tell them about a plant that means something to me. And through that process, we all learn about plants 
together. Oh, Carla just spotted a deer. I better go. Here comes the guest. My guest on today's episode of Rootbound is my wife, Carla. Hi, Carla. Hi, Steve. So uh, if you hear any interesting sounds, it's because Carla and I are sitting out on our deck having a cocktail while we do this episode. We thought we'd take it outside since we're Cheers. here in the same place. Cheers. Let's do one on the mic. Cool. <laughs> so, Carla, do you have a plant to tell me about? I do. I do. Um, but actually, I was hoping to make you guess what oh, my plant is okay. going to be. Oh, oh geez. Since I, you know me so well. I do have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like any wild guesses? Mm, no. Just give, you just give me three guesses. Is it a, is it a vegetable or fruit? Um, it, it's a plant. But is it edible? It's edible, yes. Is it a chili pepper? It is not, actually. Okay. That was my second thought, but is, my first thought was something else. Is it a tomato? It is not a tomato. Oh. Um, you're close. Nope, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Can you so give this, me a clue? It's green. A lime? No, oh, but that's also a very avocado. good... avocado. It is also not an avocado. Dang it. All of those are very good. <laughs> um, and actually, those are all, um, you know, plants that I would be interested in. But um, the one that I chose for today was um, cilantro. Oh, dang it. I should have guessed. <laughs> should have guessed. Um, but so I guess... You would be interested in knowing why I chose this yes, plant. Yes, please. Tell me um, why. And the reason that I chose this plant is because I like to cook. Um, and I guess more importantly, I like to eat. Um, and this plant is used a lot in Mexican cuisine. So um, I like it. I like the smell of it. And, um, you know, I have a, I have a pretty early memory of, of me as a kid just taking cilantro out of the fridge and sniffing it because I like the way it smells. Um, so it's just I have this kind of visceral connection to cilantro. So for the audience who may not know, where where did you have this memory? Where was that? Oh, yes. Um, in Mexico, because I am Mexican. So um, I grew up in Mexico when I was a kid. And, you know, there, there was cilantro in the fridge quite a lot. And uh, even after we moved to the States, uh, my mom had cilantro in the fridge. So um, we had it frequently and I would take it out and just I like to smell it. Or when we were using it to cook, I liked to smell it because I just like the smell of it. Um, so that's why I chose it. Um, you know, it's just like this personal connection to it. I have memories about it. Um, and uh, I, think it's, I think it's a tasty, interesting plant. It is a very tasty, interesting plant. And I hope to be growing some as soon as the weather gets warm enough. Yes, I hope so too. Um, so that we can use it in our own cooking. Indeed. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I picked up a couple of fun facts. Um, I actually knew the second fun fact that I'm, a, I'm going to tell you, uh, which is also, I guess, another reason that I chose this plant. But the first fun fact is a very um, science-y fun fact, um, which comes, I hope, as no surprise, given that I have a background in chemistry. So the compound, the chemical compound that is primarily responsible for the smell and taste of cilantro is a compound called linalool. 
And that is, well, Wikipedia calls it a terpene alcohol, which I would argue is actually a terpenoid. Um, because if I recall correctly, terpenes are hydrocarbons and terpenoids are have other functional groups like alcohols. So that's why I would argue it's a terpenoid, but you know. Um, so this particular smell, I guess most people describe it as lemony or, or limey. Um, and it, to me, it, it smells bright. It smells and tastes bright. Um, so for me, I, I associate it with a very bright yellow or with some hints of a bright green, for example. So that's the way I just perceive it, um, like smell and taste-wise. Um, and then I, I, it's my understanding that there's a segment of the population that does not like the smell or taste of cilantro at all. Um, and so the way they describe it is soapy. Um, and, I, you know, when I first heard about that, I just didn't understand. Um, I just couldn't see it. And then here's my second memory associated with cilantro is that I one, once picked up a hand lotion and it was, um, I guess it had some like coconut and cilantro smells to it. I don't know if it meant to, was meant to have those smells, but um, then after smelling that, it just kind of smelled a little bit soapy to me. So after that, I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I can see why some people would describe it as soapy. So yeah, it was just a very weird transition in my head. Yeah, relatively recently, I feel like I could can understand the soapiness that people mm-hmm. get from cilantro, even though I don't get that or don't dislike it, I, mm-hmm. I think I, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a soapiness in there that maybe is enhanced by right. certain people's taste buds. Right, yeah, no, I agree. And um, so I, I don't know, and I'm, it's not clear to me why some people don't like it. I don't know if it's because they're just not used to the taste of it or if it's like an actual genetic thing um, that they just sense other things in cilantro, like other compounds that are in cilantro more or if it's just they just are not used to having it in their in their particular cuisine so yeah um, I always heard that it was a genetic thing but that might be apocryphal I, I don't know yeah I don't know I have to look more into that but um, but yeah so there's certain people that don't like it but then there's others that really love it like 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 we do for example um, so fun fact number two um, and you know it, and I know it, and this is one of the reasons why I also chose cilantro is, you know, it's used extensively in Mexican cuisine. I have always see recipes for very traditional Mexican dishes um, that call for cilantro. So I was dismayed, I guess, to hear that it's not a Native American plant. Um, in fact... It, it, it seems that it's originally from the Middle East, and then after that, it, it expanded to Southern Europe and to Asia um, in cuisine, and then to the Americas. Um, so cuisine and cultivation, and then and then to the Americas. So I was so I was very surprised um, to learn that just because it's used in so many traditional dishes in Mexican cuisine that I was like, how is this possible? Um, That's actually one of my favorite <laughs> things about foods is how they can be associated with a place so right, inherently. Right. And 
And if you look at the history, the history of that food and that place could be relatively recent. And I feel like that will be a theme in this uh, podcast right. is of food that you associate with one place, mm-hmm. but really comes from another. The, the, the easy one is always people talk about, you know, tomato sauce from Italy, right. but tomatoes are from Mexico. So, right. Um, or potatoes and, yep. you know, like, you know, in, in Europe, um, and it's right. it's it's a it's a plant from from the New World, to my understanding. So. Right. Right. So yeah, that's very very interesting. Um, and so that made me think. So how a how is this possible um, that it's used so frequently in traditional cuisine? So um, I just did a little bit more thinking about it. So it, it means that either it was used in traditional dishes before Europeans arrived or it wasn't or, or something else was used in its place um, or it was just introduced into a recipe after Europeans arrived in the Americas so um, either it was not present in the recipe before or nothing that it replaced in the recipe before or or it replaced something else um, and completely Unconstrained by the facts, I'm going to go with a second option uh, that it, or I guess, I don't know if it's the first option or the second. I forget what, which one I said first, but completely unconstrained by the facts. I'm going to go with it replaced another plant in traditional dishes, um, like salsas, for example, that were, I mean, to my understanding, a part of the cuisine before the Europeans arrived. I think I agree with you, and I think I know where you might be going with this, because we had a fun experiment <laughs> last year in the garden with a particular plant. Yes, yes. Um, and so, I actually, like, when I was thinking what else could it have been, um, I found two candidates. Um, although, admittedly, I need to do more research, uh, need to and want to do more research about it. But uh, So, the first one is uh, what is called Mexican coriander. I don't know why it's called Mexican coriander, but it's in the same family as coriander. Um, But its leaves look a little bit larger. It's a very bright green, and the leaves look a little bit larger. (laughs) Some kids having fun uh, over there. It's okay. The sounds of outside continue. Um, And apparently it has a more intense scent and flavor. Interesting. Um... And, you know, I haven't tasted it either at all or recently in order to be able to judge that for myself. But the second option, the um, the, the second candidate that I found when I was, you know, thinking about what else could coriander have replaced or cilantro have replaced is uh, called papa loquelite. And that plant is not in the same family as cilantro. Uh, it has a very strong smell and flavor, and it is also used in some traditional Mexican dishes. Uh, and Steve, I know that you know <laughs> um, how, what my reaction was to that because it is a very overpowering smell and taste. Um, and when we were planting it, I was I was thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be fun. We're going to use it in dishes a lot. And then the first time that you harvested some after we had planted it to use in a dish, I had this, I had this reaction of like, oh no, I, I can't, I can't. Um, it was just, it was so, such an overpowering smell and flavor um, that, that I think I'll get used to 
Um, but it was just it was just kind of a shock to my system. Um, Are we going to try to grow it again? I think so. I would like to uh, for the reason if uh, I'm curious to try it in some of these other traditional Mexican dishes that I have uh, that I, that I mentioned earlier. Um, for example, the semita, which is a which is a sandwich that is a traditional sandwich from Puebla. Um, I would like to try it in that. So, you know, because my understanding is it's this very specific bread with, like, sesame seeds, which also, how did that happen? Um, <laughs> and some ham and, um, like, a red... Also, hot, how did that happen? Yeah, also, how did that happen? Um, and then a red salsa um, and then the semita. So, uh, I'm curious to try it in that recipe. So, I that's why I'm I'm for trying to plant it in our garden I'm okay with planting again I wish we would have used it more last year because it grew like crazy it did it really did cilantro is always a little bit tricky to grow like it grows but it goes to seed really fast you have to keep planting it but the but the papalo turned into like a bush Mm -hmm. and it was like too much that we could even use so okay well we'll try growing it again I'm glad that you're open to that idea because you uh, your face when you (laughs) tasted it last year um, (laughs) did not seem like that would be a possibility Well, when I first tasted it, um, yeah, you're right. But then I, I think I, I, I grew to hate it a little bit less uh, the more I tasted it. But yeah, it was, a, it, was a very, it was a very intense reaction, I remember. Indeed. You looked alarmed. Indeed. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my plant, uh, and that's what I chose. I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't guess it. Uh, but all of your other guesses were very good and stuff that I would have picked but for some reason cilantro is the first thing to pop into my head special call me crazy call me slow got my own cilantro mixture watch me roll and watch me go go, go. so carla special. do you mind if i tell you about a plant oh i'm looking forward to it okay you're not gonna probably gonna be able to guess this plant but can i try you have one, two guesses, but you're not going to get it at all. I don't think you're going to get it at all because it's actually kind of out of left field a little bit. Okay. I was trying to think about a plant that meant something to me that you wouldn't know about, which was pretty hard. Mm. Is it okra? No, but that's an interesting choice. Okay. Uh, is it is it a plant? Is it like a leafy plant or well, is it a fruit? The, I'm not giving clues. <sighs> okay. Um. <laughs> Let's see. Is it a plant or is it a tr- like? A, All right, a let's just go for a little walk here. Oh my and gosh! I will show it to you. Oh my gosh! I'll show you the plant. Okay. This is going, going to be, be an a endeavor. Surprise! We don't have to go too far. We're okay. we're walking with a recorder and two okay. mics, and we're tethered to each other. Um, as as per usual. Yep. Okay. Here it is. Is it catnip? No. Oh, it's. <laughs> It's mint. It's mint. <laughs> Do you have any idea why I would have chosen mint? No. I'm actually surprised. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was, I'm glad I could surprise you. So um, I was trying to think about what is like a very early memory of a plant. Oh. And and really, when I was thinking about it, I was like, wh- where do I think of being like conscious of a specific kind of plant? And it goes to being at my great-grandparents' house in Ventura, California. My grandma was quite an avid gardener, and they had this really cool deck that kind of went out over this, because their house was on a hill. It was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting. Uh, we're going to walk back away from the mint, because I guess the mint doesn't need to hear us talking. Bye, mint. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, there's our cat in the window. Hey, Captain. Hi, Cap. Um, 
so their house is on this hill so to get to their front door you kind of had to walk over this bridge kind of thing because of the steepness of the hill and under the bridge they had an avocado tree they had a lime tree they had an orange tree but then down there there was this network of paths and my grandma had some mint planted and she had it a lot of it was planted by this little Buddha statue, which I, I never quite, thinking about it now, I'm like, I don't know why my grandma decided to have a Buddha statue. She also had like a little like Chinese dragon statue down there. So she had an Asian theme going down there. I'm not quite sure why, but I have memory of this little Buddha statue, like a cement, like gray stone Buddha statue surrounded by mint leaves. And that's the first time I think I ever realized that you can just pick a plant and eat it. And I have a very strong memory about eating mint and never, whenever I'd go down there, I would take a bite of mint. And then years, years, and years, and years later, I was living with my great grandpa because I was going to college in the area, as you know, and that mint was still down there. And I would go down there and sometimes take a little sprig of mint and eat it, so. so you do that to this day. You just take something from the garden and, and eat it. Yeah, lots of random things. Yeah. Um, that's true. Papala was one of them that, that you did last last uh, year. That's last true. It was always summer. fun giving that to people who didn't know what it was because they had a similar reaction to you. <laughs> um, so to talk a little about mint, I need to pull out my phone to get some notes here. I did a little research on mint. I have to say I didn't know much about mint before. Um, so mint is really a mostly, well, the specific uh, species is mostly menta spisata, I guess. Um, I mean, I would have Anyway, but the genus mint is actually relatively large and it hybridizes very easily. So it's actually kind of hard to keep track of how many species and subspecies of mint there are. Um, I guess it's a little confusing. One thing that I learned is that always talk about catnip, which is also growing by our mint, is in the mint family. And it is, but it is not the same genus. It is not genus menta. It's a different genus. Oh, Side note. Oh, yes. Do you think that the catnip that is growing at the very bottom is maybe a hybrid of the mint and the catnip? No, I don't think that mint and catnip can hybridize because they're actually further oh. apart than I thought oh, they were. Oh, I see. Okay. That's okay. the one thing I learned that they're... That Fascinating. They're, yeah. They're uh, a completely different genus, mm-hmm. actually. And in fact, they're, they're part of a similar family that includes like a bunch of the the good smelling things like okay. rosemary and basil but that might be higher up than the connection to mint but anyway I always thought they were way closer than they are apparently um, so one thing that I read about is uh, I'm, I'm trying to get into like botany vocabulary in this podcast and learn oh. some new words so okay. I learned a word called a stolon Oh. And mint has stolons, which are more commonly referred to as runners. So the way it spreads along the ground, it like oh. sends out little stems low to the ground and then shoots up the plant along those, which is different from rhizomes, which are similar, but those happen deeper below the mm-hmm. ground. They're more like roots that spread mm-hmm. uh, and stolons that go along the surface. So okay. mint does that. Strawberries also have stolons. So I like the word stolon. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a robot's name from a sci-fi novel. <laughs> it does. Hello, I am Stolon. <laughs> um, there is apparently a fruit, which I guess is quite small. I have a quote from Wikipedia here that I that I wrote, which is, the fruit is a nutlet that can, containing one to four seeds. I just like the word nutlet. I think I might 
refer to the cats as nutlets at some point from now on. <laughs> um, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I mentioned already that the taxonomy of the genus is a little bit difficult because of the hybridizing, but there's a lot of different stuff. And, you know, when you think about mint has a ton of uses. You know, it's used in all sorts of culinary things. You know, people use it in dishes with meat, but it's also used in tea. It's used in desserts. It's used in toothpaste. It's it's really kind of like the the plant of all freshness, which is interesting. And in fact, in uh, in Greek mythology, it was known as the herb of hospitality. Why? Um, I guess one of the things that they used to do is spread mint all around the floor of rooms. And when you stepped on it, the mint smell would come up. Because I think rooms were quite stinky back in the day. And this was a great way to, like, make your room more hospitable with the herb of hospitality. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another thing I was thinking about is, like, why is the word mint for coin and mint for the plant the same? Turns out it's a total coincidence. They're not related at all. Uh, The mint for coins is from Latin and the mint for the plant is from the Greek. The mint for the coin comes from a word moneta, which is related to some god or something. And the menta actually just has to do with the plant. And there's some kind of Greek myth about a nymph that turns into a plant. Well, anyway, they're not related. Moneta, I mean, sounds like moneda, which in Spanish means coin. Right, exactly. So. It's, it's related to that and it's some kind of, anyway. So they, they, they have no etymological similarity, even though they're the exact same word. And that made me start thinking about the Cure song, Mint Car. And I always have visualized, <laughs> always visualized a, a light green car. And I'm like, why is this song named a light green car? Do you know? No. I just looked this up just now. So it has nothing to do with the plant. <laughs> and has nothing to do with the color, mint. Oh. It has to do with it being a new car, like a mint car. Oh. And I, and I guess one of the <laughs> band members was really into cars. And whenever he got a new car, he was super happy. Oh, my gosh. And so the band started using the phrase mint car to refer to being happy. Oh, my gosh. So, yes. So there's no there's no light green oh my gosh. vehicle involved in that song, which is not referenced in the song at all. Um, I always pictured that. You're right. <laughs> I always pictured like a... You're right, like a, a little light, yeah, just almost sea foamy green, like a color. Robert Smith driving around in yes, a little sea foam exactly. green Jetta, just like yeah, I, I singing happily. A, a VW Bug. Oh, oh, sure. Is what yeah. I always pictured. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know they're my favorite band. Yeah, so. I know. So anyway, it yeah. has nothing to do with the plant we're talking about. <laughs> oh. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what I have to say about mint. That is actually very fun. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for joining me. <laughs> don't know this is mint car by the cure and it has nothing to do with the plant well that was really fun talking with carla about cilantro and mint um there's one thing i noticed listening back to the show that when i was guessing carla's plant i basically listed all the ingredients of a salsa except for cilantro so that was funny before we go i want to play a little bit more of that song that i played just after Carla finished talking about cilantro, and it's a song called Cilantro, which you can hear the intro playing under me right now. It's by a musician named Patricia Taxon, and I think it's a really great song. I found it just trying to find something to play with the word cilantro in it, and this thing popped up, a song named Cilantro, and I was like, oh, great. And I listened to the song, and it's, it's, it's awesome. It's got really out there lyrics, including 
uh, one lyric about having your own cilantro mixture, and I don't quite know what that means, but uh, I love it. Um, but anyway, the part I want to play right now is a part toward the middle of the song that is instrumental. So here it is. Get ready for some noises. Noises! on Rootbound was Carla Arias. Carla is a chemist and attorney, and I'm lucky enough to be her husband. Rootbound is hosted by yours truly, Steve Ellington. Music by Christian Kriegeskota. Fake ads by Dave Lanny. Rootbound is a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. But if you do have a chance to go outside, look around you. If you notice any interesting plants, let me know about them. Uh, you can drop me a line at rootboundpodcast at gmail.com or on the web at rootboundpodcast.com or on Instagram at rootboundpodcast. Let's get dirty.